This is a divine appointment. You know, you miss your dentist appointment, you might not get your tooth filled. But you miss your divine appointment, you might not get your life filled. (laughs) You know what I mean? There are appointments set up by God, and this is one of them. This is one of those things, you know, when they met together and the, the believers came together, things, great grace, the Bible says, was upon them all. Great grace. Not great problems, although there were great problems, but the great grace was greater than the great problems. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I'm just, you know, I hope you don't mind. You may have heard this word a thousand times, maybe more, but I hope you don't mind hearing it again because this is a word I want to say a lot this morning. And I hope it doesn't bother you because I kept hearing it all all this morning. And it was victory. Victory. Somebody's got to proclaim and declare victory. Victory. This is a day of victory. If it, you know, you just, you know, you know, faith, there's no such thing as sad faith. You know that. I mean, he makes you glad. And he that overcomes the world is the, he that believes that Jesus is the son of God. This is the victory that overcomes the world. Even, if, even our faith. Even if you have to struggle, just go. But just remember this. You will never have the plan God has planned for you without faith and you'll never have it faith you'll never have that plan of faith that God has for you by faith if you don't believe in victory because it is a plan of victory and not defeat hallelujah first John says I well we'll get into it a little bit more but we just got to kind of soak up a little victory this morning okay just a little bit of victory Because, you know, when you know who you are, the giants won't scare you. But let me tell you, they will leave you shaking in your boots if you don't know you have victory. And victory means they lose, you win. Hallelujah. That's what it means. See, as Christians, we're not trying to overcome the devil. He's trying to overcome us. You understand that, don't you? We're not trying to overcome him. Jesus overcame him, gave us the victory that overcame the world and the one who runs the world. And so he's trying to overcome you. You say, I'm just trying to overcome him. Well, that's why you're so sad. You just want to go, why don't you just go ahead on? So anyway, go ahead on. Go ahead on. We're just going to stir that up a little bit. You wonder what's hitting you this morning. If you came in here this morning. I come to Paragon and I say, go ahead on. Go ahead on. Billy Don and. uh, What was that? Joe Don. I talk like that when I come in. (laughs) But we're just in a place of victory this morning. You know, the atmosphere changes when you start hearing what God says about your situation. It just changes. So glory to God. Get ready for a change. And we we have somebody very special with us this morning. You know, we started going to France in 1980. 1989. 89. 89, excuse me. 1980, we were barely able to pronounce the word redemption. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, we started going in 1989 and had the first, uh, uh, one of the first churches that we went to, um, uh, Cedric, and I don't remember. Cedric. Where is he? Oh, there he is on the front row. Hello. He and his mother were in those first meetings that that we uh, started having over there. And he was, so you're 19 now? So he had to be 10. 10 or 11. You know? And so, but today he's with us. He has come to Perryton, Texas. (laughs) Why don't you stand up, Cedric, so they can all say hello to you. Just stand up. Wave. Oh, everybody say bonjour, Cédric. Bonjour, Cédric. <laughs> bonjour, Cédric. <laughs> yes, amen. And now he's 19 years old. Oh, come here, Miss Cédric. Cédric. This, this We're church, in you've got this to, church you've loves, got to speak French. This church loves taking the gospel to all the world, you know, and and uh, that's exactly you, what he's got. Just say hi, and then you're going to translate for Lois, and she'll make it very simple. Just say, just say hello. Bonjour. Now say, I have been redeemed in French. Say, you don't know redeemed? Or say, I say, I have been forgiven. Okay. J'ai été pardonné. 
All my sins are washed away. Tous mes péchés ont été lavés. Jesus is my Lord. Jésus est mon Seigneur. I love him with all my heart. Je l'aime de tout mon cœur. And I will shine the light. Et je ferai briller la lumière of the gospel of Jesus Christ. De l'évangile de Jésus-Christ. All over France. Sur toute la France. Ah, amen. 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 Praise amen. God. Amen. Amen. So uh, he'll be back at our tape table later. And uh, for those of you who are 19 around there, you're thinking, oh, he's cute. <laughs> oh, c'est bon, c'est bon. <laughs> well, he is, and he's on his way with the plan of God. So just make sure that's the way you're going if you're wanting to, you know, have anything else in mind. No, never mind. Just moving right along. <laughs> I just keep you on the straight and, you know, very narrow, if you know what I mean. Anyway, so we're ready to go somewhere this morning. Don't you think? I just think it's so special. It I mean, is. you know, if you think about it, 1989, he was 10 years old, and we hooked up with him in his country. And now here we are, 2001, and he is with you. And, you know, there's just a whole lot more to it than what you, you think you just see with your visible eye. So glory to God. This is a place where the gospel is going into all the world. It may look small, but I'm telling you, it ain't small at all. Well, this is a different church. I remember when we first came here, we'd sing, and you guys would go. <laughs> and we'd go, praise the Lord. Don't let the flies in. Shut them out. Okay. <laughs> praise the Lord. Well, we were kind of doing that ourselves. So we to our own selves. Yeah. We'd look at our own selves and go, what is our deal? So, but when we were in <laughs> Latvia, uh, not this past year, we're actually going to be in Moscow. When we go to France this year, uh, we'll be in Moscow in Red Square with Rick Renner. We'll be doing... He, before France, we'll, we'll be at the church that is growing there so quickly. I mean, it, it's just amazing. It started off 200 about four months ago. Now they're over a thousand. And, uh, Rick just said, you know, every day we saw him last week. He said, could you just stay another day? You know, he wants us to stay all week there in Red Square. He said, it's going to be so good. So, uh, we're just kind of excited. You know, there's a, a certain sense of you where you've never been there before and you, you don't sing in Russian and they speak in Russian. And he said, you know, when you were in Latvia, you know, sometimes the people were a little timid there at first, you know, because they're the ones that had been squished. But he said, you get in Russia, these are the ones that are conquerors. So when they get the conquering attitude of God, it's just like, they're just like, hey, he said, they are with you, man. So, so anyway, <laughs> so glory. But, uh, but we were, we were first, we're going in too from the halls of Montezuma. <laughs> So anyway, but we were in Latvia. We were Freedom! first there. Oh! Why do teenagers go like this? <laughs> we were when we first were there. You know, a lot of the people were very. Um, they just been. They just been. Uh, uh, just things had just got on top of them. You know, lots of their family members had been imprisoned or murdered, and and different all of their all of their things had been taken away, and and they were just very sad on the outside. But when they began to hear the good news of the gospel, you know, the light came on. And you know, I'm just telling you, you can live anywhere and live in victory when you know the truth. There may be differences in culture, differences in appearance, differences in, in many things that are in the natural, but there's one similarity all have in common, that we have been given the gift of God in Christ Jesus. We have a need that is met by God himself in Christ. And when you find out about that, it don't matter what color your skin is, it don't matter what color your, your where you live, what color your hair, it don't matter how much money you got, it's a common place of victory in Christ. And so we were over there and they started singing this song. It comes from Second Chronicles 2020, where the, the, there had been just a massive attack against the people of, of God. And they had come up and they'd said, Lord, the Jehoshaphat, they'd ask him, you know, uh, we don't know what to do about this huge attack that's come against us. But in the 10th and 11th verse, it says, he, they, they, they put their eyes upon the Lord and they said, Lord, we don't know what to do. But so we, but we set our eyes upon you. 
And so, so I, I could see how the problem had come. And you think now I need an answer. But the reality is the answer is given before the problem ever takes place. And when you set your eyes on God, you're setting your eyes on the one who's already given the victory in Christ. And as you look at him, something inside of you starts to change. And the Bible says that they stood still and they saw the salvation of their God. And they started singing this song about that occurrence and a sense of victory and triumph just swallowed everything else up. And the Bible says that they put their eyes on him. And for three days, there was spoils of victory, a blessing became where there was once a discouragement. Our eyes are upon you, Lord. We know you are our shelter. Our eyes are upon you, Lord. We know you are our shield. This is what they said. Everybody say, I got victory. I got victory. Living inside of me. Living inside it's of me. So so bad it's so good it's so good it's all good it's all good every good every good every good gift every good comes gift. down from god comes down from I'm god i'm blessed i'm blessed i'm not cursed i'm not cursed i can't be cursed i can't be god cursed. has blessed me god has blessed and me. that's the way it's gonna stay that's the way it's gonna stay i'm blessed, I'm blessed. i got the victory i got the victory feed on that a little bit this morning. Is that all right? You Ooh, no. Sit down for just a minute. We're just going to feed on it this morning. This is a day of victory. I'm just here to tell you the devils, you don't have to try to quit, keep, quit trying to overcome the devil because he's just trying to overcome you. Just quit. You know, you, this is what happens. You act in faith or you react to problems. And don't say when you react to problems, that's not faith. That's letting the problems dictate your response. Faith moves because of God. Do you understand? Faith moves because it believes God. The problems don't move faith. Faith moves the problems. Did you hear me? And that's why it's good to laugh. It's just good to laugh. It's just good to get your mouth filled with laughter. I believe that is why... God told Abraham to name his child Isaac. You know, Isaac means laughter. That's what it means. And actually, Sarah said in Genesis, I was somewhere in there, 15 or 12 or something, she said, you know, he has made me laugh. And you know what she said after that? And everybody who hears about me is going to laugh with me. She said, for the rest of my life, I got laughter in my house. My house is filled with laughter. Every time she called Isaac, she said, Hey, laughter. Ha, ha, ha. Come here. Ha, ha, ha. Eat your food. Ha, ha, ha. Clean your room. Ha, ha, ha. Get, your, get yourself, uh, you know, cleaned up. Ha, ha, ha. Help me with the trash. Ha, ha, ha. She just kept laughing the rest of her life. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. Put on some slacks and a nice shirt. Get out of that tennis t- t- shirt. I said, come here, ha, ha, ha. I said, come here now, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> Some of us need to do that. I think I'm going to name my next dog, ha, ha, ha. I thought you was going to name me money. I know, I thought about money, but I think I need to laugh and that, that money takes care of itself. I told him I was going to name it money. Here, money. Here, you open the front door go, money. Come here, money. Come now, money. I said, get in this room right now, money. I'm talking to you, money. Do you hear me? Get here right now. Well, you know, I was praying this morning, you know, Isaiah 54 or 10 or 55, 10, I forget what it, and I was telling her, I said, you know, as I was praying, I always start with that because it helps to stir me up with the word of God. He says, as the rain comes down, the snow from heaven, but returns not there, but waters the earth, that it may bring forth in bud to give seed to the sower. And then I stopped there. I thought, wait a minute. The whole reason that God set up the earth for rain to come, snow, the things to grow and multiply was to give seed to the sower. I told her, I said, did you know that the increase of this earth, the reason for increase is to put seed in a sower's hand. Praise God. Every time you see something growing, say, that belongs to me. 
every time. Because God said, just like his word comes out of his mouth, he said the rain comes out of heaven to make things grow so things can be bought and sold so that there can put money in the hands of the person that puts money into the kingdom of God. He said the whole reason for it is to give seed to the sower. I I just got bigger. Whoa. I'm not afraid of increase. Don't, don't you look at, don't you look at increase and go, oh, well, that's okay. I just need my little old Toyota. That's all I need. What are you talking about? The reason God made something bigger than a Toyota was for you. Don't be afraid of it. Don't be afraid of it. Read the word. Get your idea of what you believe from your word instead of from your own thinking. And man, you'll move out of some things. But there was another scripture that was just, you know. That's just extra. But there was another scripture. I believe it's exactly for this, for this church and for this situation. Uh, I'm going to read this to you before we talk just a little bit about victory. But it's in Genesis chapter 26. And as I was reading this scripture, and it actually has to do with sowing and reaping. And I, it's, you know, anyway. And it, it's, it's talking about when there was famine in the land that Isaac was dwelling in. And Abraham uh, it was not, he was gone. You know, Isaac was Abraham's son. Isaac laughter. Ha ha, here he is. And he's got the blessing on him. And as he, and so famine is coming to the land. And it says in, in uh, Genesis chapter 26, there's famine in the land. Besides the famine that was there in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines, in wherever that place is, Gerar, wherever. Then the Lord appeared to him. Now this is what, because he's thinking about leaving this place because of famine and the Lord appeared to him and said to him, do not go down to Egypt, live in the land of which I shall tell you dwell in this land and I will be with you and bless you for to you and your descendants. I give all these lands and I will perform the oath which I swore to you, Abraham, your father. I will make your descendants multiply. I will give to your descendants all these lands. In your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. In other words, he said, don't go there. Stay in the place I told you to. And there was famine there. So it looked like there was not a good place to be. See, Isaac thought if I can get out of the famine, I'll be okay. God said the famine is no issue. The famine is not even the issue, Isaac. You being in the place where I told you to be, that's the issue. And look what happened because Isaac decided, just like Abraham, to believe and obey the voice of the Lord. It says, verse 6, it says, so Isaac dwelt in Gerar. He dwelt there. And so as he dwelt there, it says in verse 12 of uh, Genesis chapter 26, then Isaac sowed in that land. And reaped in the same year a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. The man began to prosper and continued prospering until he became very prosperous. He said, I don't believe in the hundredfold blessing. Well, God does. And let me just tell you this. It's got a lot to do with what you decide to give in the place that God has told you to stay. See, I have never hooked into that. Well, see, it's got a lot to do with you being where God told you to be and sowing when everybody else says it ain't a good time to sow. So there's something about this place. It's a big place to sow. God's called this place a place of blessing. And if you stay with this place, that blessing Belongs to you. If you don't stay with this place. It's not that God's word's not true. It's that you've made a choice. To not stay with God's word. Do you understand? It's got nothing to do with God. He looked at Isaac and he said. Your father just chose to believe me. That's why he was blessed. Now you got to choose who to believe Isaac. Because there's famine in the land. And Isaac said. I believe I'm going to sow. In the middle of the famine. See, his works proved his faith. Do you understand? His works didn't produce faith. They proved his faith. Amen. I, I've got, I was preaching the other night, and I just saw this. And I, so I said it. You know, you, the preamble to the Constitution says, we hold these truths to be self-evident. 
that all men are created equal. I was just, I don't know what made me think of this, but I was just saying, I think of that. I don't know what if I, I was thinking about it. I don't usually think about the preamble to the Constitution, but. And I just said, this is what I said. I hold these truths to be faith evident. I hold these truths to be faith evident. Faith is the evidence of these truths. My faith does not produce the truth. My faith proves the truth. I hold these truths to be faith evident. Ha! It's obvious by what I do that this is the truth. Faith evident. So anyway, I don't know why I'm giving you all this stuff. You know, I got other things that are just hooked up. But, uh... We just got to get on this. We just got to get on this and just know that we see victory. Even when it doesn't look like it, even when it doesn't taste like it, even when it don't feel like it, victory is there. We got to read a couple of scriptures here. Second Corinthians 2.14. I love this scripture and just, just kind of take it in, you know, just ooh, take it in. Get, get, just get, get. Get your, get your 20 watt bulb into a 250 watt bulb. Today, 2 Corinthians 2.14. Now, thanks be unto God. Now, he's saying you don't have to wait to do this. Now, thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ and makes manifest the savor of his knowledge by us. In every place. You know, people think you're extreme when you start talking this way. But you know, God talks this way. And I just believe I'll agree with him. Because if you don't agree with God, you know, uh, unbelief doesn't mean you don't believe. It just means you don't believe God. You believe somebody. When, he, when the Bible talks about unbelief, it doesn't mean you don't. Because see, you are created in the image of God. You are created as a, uh, in his image, you are created to believe. And if you don't believe God, believe me, something is shaping your life. And so all I'm trying to get you to do, and it, you know, just takes a little bit of effort, you know, because when you've been going this way for a long time, you know, it's kind of like, you know, after you've been doing something for a while, first time I tried to drive a car, I mean, you know, I had to concentrate and I had to kind of go, whoa, I'm, whoa, the white line, the yellow line, whoa, you know, and I'm kind of, my hands are gripping the wheel and I'm, I'm not, you know, you stop real fast with a brake and you get off real fast with the gas. Some people still do that. Okay. But anyway. <laughs> But, you know, you do it long enough and, you know, I don't even think about, I drove over here today, but I don't remember driving over, you know, I didn't think about driving over here. I just got in my car and, you know, we just drove over here because, and you would almost think that, well, you know, I'm just, I'm just a born driver. Well, I'm not a born driver. I learned to drive and now I know how to drive so good, don't I? (laughs) That it just seems natural to me. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's the way it is with different habits and things in your life that you think, well, that's just the way I am. I'm just a born, you know, I'm just born with a bad temper. I'm just a born, you know, selfish person. I'm just selfish. That's the way I am, you know. No, no, that's not the way you are. Something in your life taught you how to be that way. And you've learned it so well. It just seems like your nature, but it's not your nature. You need to see what God says about you. Your nature is not defeat. Oh, I'm just one of those people that never does have anything good happen to him. You know, I just always one thing right after another. I mean, just blows up right in front of my face. I get one bill paid and three more come. That's just the way it is in my life. No, no. No, something other than God's word has trained you and helped you to develop a way of living that is producing a a defeat in your life. And that's not what you're made for. You are made for victory. Made for it. Do you understand? Custom made job. I mean, we are talking custom made by God himself. He stamped on you. This is a... Victory product. What kind of product did he make in Christ? A victory product. 
So he says in 2 Corinthians 2.14, now thanks be unto God. Now, right now, do you know there is never a moment in your life that has not been or will not be when you get there right now? Did you hear me? So you know what that tells me? I know we're getting real deep, aren't we? <laughs> but do you know what that tells me? Then right now, right now, where you are living, breathing with everything in your life right now is a time of victory. And it's a good time to thank God for it. Right now, right now, it's not about what the devil's doing. Your victory has nothing. You're not trying to overcome him. He's trying to overcome you. I'm just going to say that till you get it because it's a situation. It's a way you think about things. You think I'm always having to overcome the devil. And so he's setting your itinerary. You know what I'm saying? He's running all your energy and all of your appetites and all of your thinking is going toward what he's doing. No, 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 no. You're the one who moves first in faith. And faith keeps your, yourself in the driver's seat of God's plan, you understand? And he may have all his attacks and all his assignments. Of course he does. But they don't control what you do. Faith controls what you do. So he says, now, thanks be unto God, which always. That's extreme, isn't it? So I bet he didn't know I'd be living in Perryton, Texas in 2001. And you know, we'd be having this happen. And oh, no, no. He not only know what's happening in 2001. He knows what's going to happen in 2004. And he says, now, thanks be unto God. Because when you get to 2004, it'll be now. And so I guess what will be right now in 2004? Victory, triumph in Christ. Now... Thanks be you say, well, what's the, what's the uh, bridge between what's happening right now and the victory that's right now? Thanks be to God. Amen. Thanks be. How do I get from right now in my problem to right now in the victory? Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Just walk around your house if you don't know what else to say and just say, thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God because this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. This is not the day my problem made. This is not the day my sin made. No, my sins were forgiven and mercy came instead of condemnation for because repentance comes, then mercy comes and he says he will not remember my sins. Oh no, there is a time of sowing and a time of reaping. I have sown repentance and now I reap mercy. Play, thank God. Thank God where nothing produced. Now there is a product uh, of his mercy and his thanksgiving. And so I walk in that. I walk in his mercy. A great mercy. New every morning. Every morning. You know he said every morning. You know why he said every morning? Because you get up every day. Every day you get up, he says, let's get a new, uh, need some more mercy, mercy, more new mercy. Oh, Pastor Marlon got up. Mercy. That's okay with me. Hey, I feel like it says in Hebrews 4 where in the Message Bible when it talks about come to the throne of grace to receive mercy and, and time of help. You know, it says, uh, receive the mercy. Take the help. You need it. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I know I need it. I'm not kidding myself. You know, the first step to real, real uh, uh, progression with God is being honest about what you need. And so he says, now, thanks be to God who gives us, who all, well, that's a different one. That's Romans. But he says, who always causes us to triumph in Christ. Always causes who? us you say well i know he's always victorious no 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 see you got to see that your triumph your victory actually is his victory you say well what does that mean you identify with what he's done it's not about what you've done what does it say in romans 8 he says uh 37 and all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us through him who loved us not through what we've done but through what he's done for us See, if you judge your victory by what you've done, you will never feel secure in it. Never. Because you could have always given more. You could have always done more. 
You could have always gone further. You know, you, that's what the devil plays with you with. You never feel like you did enough. Never feel like you gave enough. According to what you've done, it's not, you don't qualify. According to what you've done. That's why Romans 3.23 says, For all of sin come short of the glory of God. You never qualify according to your works. So when the devil says, you know, you didn't do that, you didn't do enough for that. You say, you know, I know I didn't either. But I chose to believe in the one who did. And when I chose to believe, my faith hooked up with something that was beyond my ability. And my faith literally brought me into a place I could not bring myself. And thanks be to God who gives me the victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. I didn't earn it. It was a gift. You don't earn a gift. You receive it with what? Thanks. What do you say when somebody gives you a gift? What's, what, is, what do we even teach our little two or three year old? What do you say? What do you say, Mary? Thank you. What do you do when you know you've received a gift? Say thanks. So thanks be to God who always, what are you saying? We got another sermon going on down here, don't we? You know, it's like those TVs that are picture in picture, you know? This is the big screen. There's a small one in the corner. Here we go. <laughs> it's a big one. Oh, thanks be to God. Well, if it's good, come on up here and preach it, brother. Thanks be to God who always causes us to triumph. Now, let me tell you, you will never see yourself victorious unless you hook up with the victory of Christ. First John 5 says, we got to read this. First, what time is it? First John 5. I just got to get this out, you know. Whoever, you, I'm just going to start at verse 1. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone who loves him, who begot, also loves him who is begotten of him. In other words, if you love, uh, if you love God, you love Jesus, and uh, you love the one that Jesus begot, you know, that's me, I've been begotten, you know. And he says, by this we know... That we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments. His commandments are not burdensome. (laughs) For, I love this verse, whatever is born of God. Now, you know, you probably read Mark 11, 23. Whosoever shall say to whatsoever. And you say, oh, whosoever, that's me. And I can talk to whatsoever. Well, here's another whatever scripture for you. Whatever. Whoever, you know, it don't matter who you are. It just matters if you're born of God. Whoever is born of God overcomes the world. You're not trying to overcome the devil. He's trying to overcome you because this is the victory that has overcome the world. Our Who is he who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the son of God. How do you get overcoming victory, overcoming world faith in you? You believe it. You believe it. You don't earn it. You believe it. That's how you get it. You believe it. You say, Jesus, you did that. You did that for me. I receive it. Thank you. I believe it. I receive it. And he says, now, thanks be unto God. Right now, right now. We ain't waiting for something else to happen. We realize something's already happened. Thanks be to God who who, who always causes us to triumph in Christ. So he says, now, what I want you to do is hook up with Jesus Christ. Your believing in him hooks you up with his victory. You know, it shouldn't be too hard to figure out. I mean, you know, when Mark McGuire hit that home run, you know, what he hit 40 or 70? I hit a whole bunch of them, you know. All those home runs. I mean, it got to the point, you know, you'd see people. I mean, they'd have all these people coming, you know, and they were just all in the stands. And every time he'd get up to bat, everybody was just, ooh, you know. And then they'd get up and he'd hit a home run and everybody in the stands would shout. And you think, what are they shouting for? I mean, they didn't hit a home run. He hit the home run. But why were they shouting? Because that was their team he hit the home run for. And when they hit, they, when he hit the home run, they said, just like I hit the home run. 
Some of them paint their face, you know, the red and white or whatever it was, paint their face. Some of them sit and, you know, wear the Mark McGuire shirt. I mean, they do all kind of things to psych themselves up, to identify with somebody who is achieving a world record. We went to a Chicago Bulls game, you know, when Mike, Michael Jordan was still playing. And I mean, I'm telling you, it was like you were in the stands and you're watching these guys play. And I mean, I'm telling you, you know, every time Michael Jordan would do something, everybody was just like, woo, you know. And I was thinking, well, I mean, you know, I didn't make the basket. Michael Jordan made the basket. <laughs> but there was something inside of me that identified with that, that sense of victory, you know. Woo, I like to see somebody do it good. And so just because you know I identify with somebody doing it good, I'm going to shout a little bit when they do it because I identify with what they're doing. You know what I'm saying? Well, you know, some of us feel like the Chicago Bulls today, you know. We think, well, you know, I had the victory, but it's gone now and it ain't ever coming back. No, it's not a temporary victory. It's not something you had one day and then one day the person who got it is just going to get too old and he ain't going to give it to you no more. No, this victory comes from an eternal, eternal work. It's eternal and it's as good today. In fact, in the Hebrew, the word victory, the word that you get in the Greek for victory comes from a Hebrew word which means eternal. 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 That means our team never loses. That means we don't get a trophy one year and then 10 years later we got to dust it off and say, remember the good old days. No, that means this year it's just as victorious as it was last year because we got the same conqueror. We got the same overcomer. We got the same champion. Now thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph in Christ. your face or something you know get a shirt wear a shirt the church that says victorious one overcomer you say why do you mind because you got to identify with victory instead of identifying with defeat get something i mean whatever you need to do you know you know face painter just put something all over your face that makes you look at yourself in the mirror and go you're victory 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 y'all know what i'm talking about Because right now, right here, let me read you something. If this don't light your fire, your wood's wet. (laughs) Uh, But I told him, yeah, I told him, you know, I was reading with Elisha with, you know, with the the fire, you know, and how that, you know, he he had him pour water all over the the fire, remember? And then he said, the altar, and you know, so I changed, you know, and then then God lit the fire, you know, the wet wood. And so instead of saying, if I don't light your fire, your wood's wet, I say, if your wood's wet, God will light your fire. Glory. If your wood's wet, I said if the devil's dumped a whole lot of sorry stuff on you, God knows how to light your fire. He can light your fire. I don't care how much you've been drowning in pain and sorrow and heartache. Did you hear me? If that don't light your fire, your wood's wet. Well, if your wood's wet, God will light your fire. So glory. (laughs) Woo! Yeah. Well, it's all right. Somebody needs to make some noise. I did not go to a Chicago Bulls game when Michael Jordan was playing, and everybody sat there real quiet like, I don't feel like shouting tonight. I may be at a Chicago... I may be at a Chicago Bulls game. I may be watching somebody play, but I don't feel like shouting tonight. I'm telling you, not one person in there wasn't shouting. They were shouting so loud. They were all shouting. Why? Because they they knew they were in the presence of champions. They knew they were in the presence of somebody who was winning. And they wanted to identify with that winning attitude. I'm here to tell you, church, the very presence of the victorious risen Savior is in this church. you're shouting I may have to ask you why you're not listen to this I've had this book for years 
For years, it's, it's called Forever Triumphant. It's a book by F.J. Hugel. And I love this. I got to read it to you. It just, I'm telling you, it will light your fire if your wood's wet. The divine standard for the Christian is a steady stream, if I may so speak, of victory. Steady stream. To be more than a conqueror in such a world as this, in one in which temptations of every hue and category assail the believer at every moment is something so amazing, so seemingly impossible, that one is not surprised that even among Christians, strong doubts and prejudices arise. Regarding this matter, and yet God's standard for the believer is none other than one of Perennial victory. Do you know what perennial victory means? You know, that means every season, every year, it comes up the same. It was planted once, and one time is all you got to plant it. This is not an annual, you know, flowers, annuals just come up once, but perennials come up every year. He said, perennial victory. Planted once by God in Christ. Always comes up the same in every Christian. Thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ. There it is. Whittle it down if you like to fit your mixed up, mixed up and down, now defeated, now victorious experience. But remember, your experience may be abnormal. <laughs> Yes, it will. It probably is. It is no rule whereby to measure things. Why are we measuring things by what happens to us? The way you measure things in the Christian life is by what happened in Christ. Amen. Let me just tell you, when you get that ground laid in you, I mean, when you get that foundation in your house, let me just tell you, that's when what you do starts moving the mountain. Do you understand? See, faith without works is dead, but works without faith will kill you. You'll end up saying, forget it. Because you're trying to produce what you don't have the ability to produce. But faith, faith receives from what God has done. Glory to God. It's not about you making it happen. It's about you seeing what God made happen. It just makes you smile. That's how come you can shout when you look at your checkbook and it says $2.54 and you need $2,054. How are you going to shout and laugh at adversity when it comes like that? Because you ain't looking at what you got. You know what I'm saying, what you've got, what you've done. You're looking at what you got in Christ. And something about that just makes you give $2.54. And just say, well, if it ain't enough to meet my need, it must be my seed. Instead of being need-minded, I think I'll be seed-minded. You know, this is a day. I, every preacher I've been turning on lately has been talking about reaping and sowing. Sowing and reaping. Sowing and reaping. But did you know that really all you need to be uh, mindful of is your sowing? He's the Lord of the harvest. If you'll just be mindful of your sowing, he'll take care of the reaping. In fact, he says, you know, I give seed to the sower. I mean, the abundance just comes. You just think, you know, in, instead of just being so mindful about, well, what, what am I going to get? No, uh, it's not about what you get. It's about what you can give. Just be mindful of your sowing. He's Lord of the harvest. Y'all with me? So, whittle it down if you like to fit your mixed up and down, now defeated, now victorious experience. But remember, your experience may be abnormal. It is no rule whereby to measure things. God has laid down a universal rule. We call it the law of life in Christ. The law of life in Christ. God has laid down a universal rule. And his standard is victory no matter what. God has not changed his mind. Victory belongs to you. The Christian does not struggle towards a possible victory. No, he proceeds from a victory already achieved. Did y'all get that? 
I'm trying to get the victory, sister. I'm just trying to get it. No, no. When you realize you got the victory, then what's got you will let go of you and you will get in with the victory plan that God has already established and designed for you. Your faith won't work when you're trying to get God to do something he's already done. Just just hook up. Quit trying to figure out how he's going to do it and just hook up. And just settle the issue that he's done it. The Christian does not struggle towards a possible victory. No, he proceeds from a victory already achieved. He follows in the train of the Lord Jesus Christ, celebrating a victory long since consummated. You know, one translation says it that way. It talks about us being in a parade. It says in Barclay, this same verse, it says, Thanks be to God. He always gives us a place as sharers in the victory procession of Christ. And just as in an earthly triumph, the perfume of incense fills the streets. So God, through us, has displayed in every place the fragrance of the knowledge of himself. You know what that makes me want to do? That makes me want to start a perfume line called Victory. Amen. Makes me want to start one that says, you, what, what are you wearing today? Oh, sister, what are you wearing? Say, I'm wearing Victory. That's what I'm wearing. I wear it every day. Everywhere I go, the incense of what God has done fills the atmosphere. The atmosphere does not fill me with its problems. I fill it with my Victory in Christ. Glory to God. Everybody say, I got victory. I'm not trying to get it. I receive it by faith in Jesus Christ. It's mine. I got it in me. Victory. 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 Hallelujah. 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 Well, glory to God. So this place is just filled up with that atmosphere. The Bible says the train of his presence fills the temple with glory. What kind of glorious presence is that? It's a presence of victory over all of your enemies. It's victory over all of your sickness and disease. It's victory over poverty. It's victory over depression. It's victory over accusations and enemies' plans and plots against you. You do realize that Psalms 91 was written by Moses when he was coming out of Egypt. And he said, I will tell you what I'll put my faith in. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge, my fortress, my God. In Him I will trust. Oh, it's so good. When you read that, you realize Moses said that. At a time when he was bringing people who had known nothing but bondage. For 400 years they'd been slaves. Everything they had had been taken from them. All of their dignity, all of their possessions, everything had been taken from them. And Moses began to declare to them, God's got a way for you to be delivered out of this. And this is what you put in your mouth. This is what you say. Because this is God's way. And he was talking to people who'd been enslaved for 400 years. He said, get a new way of thinking. Get a new way of thinking. Quit thinking somebody's got something over you and you start thinking God has given you a place in his victory and his triumph over all of your enemies. I will say of the Lord, my refuge, my fortress, my God, in whom will I trust? Surely he will deliver us from the snare of the fowler, from the perilous pestilence. He'll cover us with his feathers and under his wings will take refuge. He says, his truth is our shield and buckler. He said, you want to know what makes me have strength to stand in the day of adversity his truth remember this church the only thing the only call you'll ever fulfill in your life the only dream you'll ever live in is the one adversity does not take from you adversity is designed to take from you the very call and gift of God that's what it's made for 
But Romans 8 says, whatever comes against us, this is what we say. This is what we believe. What shall we say to these things? What shall we say? If God is on our side, who can be against us? And then he talks about all the things that come against us. But he said, I am persuaded that neither death nor life, principalities, powers, things seen, things unseen, things yet to come, things that I don't know about coming. He said, nothing shall separate me from the love that is in Christ Jesus, my Lord. He said, let the accuser say what he will. God has already said, you are redeemed. His name is Jesus, and He is the same. He is the same. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, glory, glory, glory. Thank you, Father. We hope you've enjoyed this message by Lois Toucher and Cindy Duvall of Shekinah Glory Ministries. For more information about Shekinah Glory, log on to our website at www.shekinahglory.com. There you'll find our entire catalog of teaching materials, music CDs, and books, all available for online purchase. The website also offers our daily devotional, updates from the road, and our ministry itinerary so you can pray for us as we travel throughout the United States and overseas. You can also join our mailing list in order to receive regular newsletter updates of ongoing ministry projects. Thank you and God bless you for your support of Shekinah Glory Ministries. We couldn't do it without you. Truly, the knowledge of the glory of the Lord shall fill all the earth. This is Ray Toucher, Speaking for Shekinah Glory Ministries, thank you and God bless you.